Hello, this is Father David Nix on the Padre Peregrino YouTube channel, Apple Podcasts, and whatever app you use on Android. Today is called TCE Theology and Current Events Number 20, Archaeologism, Changes That Are Living or Novel? Won't make sense quite yet, but you will understand what I mean in just a minute. Most of you know my story. I was raised a pretty liberal Catholic. Then around 16, I became, for lack of a better term, an EWTN Catholic, which I often call a neoconservative. And then when I was about 32, a couple years into my priesthood, I became what most people call a traditionalist, what I now call an apostolic Catholic. But many people would actually say, especially people from my past in the middle area there, a lot of liberals don't really care what developed through the ages and the sacraments. But a lot of the the people who knew me um, through my 20s might say, but are you really an apostolic Catholic now? Yeah, I, I know you're a traditionalist. You probably returned to what the church believed in, say, the 16th century. But did you really return to the simplicity and joy of the first two centuries of, say, the Roman catacombs with the martyrs and the apostles down there? Now, many people who defend the new sacraments, which, yes, I do admit are valid, they say that the simplifications of the new sacraments versus, say, how they were done in the Middle Ages— they say this reflects the early church. In other words, the sacraments of Vatican II look more like the early church than anything that you might find at a Latin mass parish. They would say the new mass, also called the Novus Ordo, must be more like how they worshipped in the early church. And maybe they would expand this to other sacraments. I certainly did in seminary when I believe this. I would, I would say certainly the simplicity of the early church didn't have all this ornate words of absolution like you would hear in confession today. They might say that the new words of absolution are so much shorter than the pre-Vatican II absolution, and therefore it's simpler like the poor early church in the catacombs under Rome. I started thinking about my own development on all of this at my Mass yesterday, Corpus Christi Mass, because we had a line from 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23, and it was also in the divine office several times. St. Paul writes, I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he is betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in memory of me. Notice that first line, I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you. Accepi a domino, quote tradidi vobis. I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you. Well, what was that? What was received from Paul and given to the early church? Did it look simple like what your average Paris does in Spanish in Mexico or in Portuguese in Brazil or maybe hearing absolution in French in West Africa? Was it the simplicity and the poverty of that? Or was it more ornate like the sacraments you might experience at, say, a parish run by the Fraternity of St. Peter or SSPX? The fact is we don't know. People often point to, say, someone like Justin Martyr who gave the bare bones of the Mass. But bare bones don't disprove anything more complex. Ah, but neither do they prove the complexities of the current Latin mass regime either. So we have to look at organic developments of the sacraments through time. I started also thinking about this not just yesterday at mass, but last week after watching a video by Anthony Stein and looking at a blog called Unum Sanctum. They repeat the World War II Pope, Pope Pius XII's worry on something called archaeologism, and this was his worry, even before Vatican II, that modernists would recreate the sacraments in a Protestant way under the pretext that this is the simplicity that you would have found in the early church. 
Now, I believed all this through seminary, so I'm not mocking this thought. That is, I pictured, say, the Mass of Peter and Paul much more like the Novus Ordo, the Mass that you'd find in 99% of the parishes of the world after Vatican II, than the traditional Latin Mass that I thought seemed stuck in the 16th or 17th century. But this idea of returning to the early church blindly, even though there wasn't a lot of documents of what happened then, Pope Pius XII saw this coming even before Vatican II. Okay, what did he see coming? He, he saw it coming that people would dismantle the sacraments and dumb them down to make them more simple based on what they believed, not had proof of, but believed the early church did. This, again, is called archaeologism, and it's an error. Why is it an error? Well, stick with this long quote, and then I'll show you. We're going to dissect this, but stick with this long quote from Pope Pius XII, and then you're going to hear, as I kind of dissect it, why it's quite a stunning quote. He writes, quote, The church is without question a living organism, and as an organism, in respect of the sacred liturgy also, she grows, matures, develops, adapts, and accommodates herself to temporal needs and circumstances, provided only that the integrity of her doctrine be safeguarded. This notwithstanding, the temerity and daring of those who introduce novel liturgical practices or call for the revival of obsolete rites out of harmony with prevailing laws and rubrics deserve severe reproof. It has pained us grievously to note, venerable brethren, that such innovations are actually being introduced not merely in minor details, but in matters of major importance as well. We instance in point in fact those who make use of the vernacular in the celebration of the august Eucharistic sacrifice, those who transfer certain feast days, which have been appointed and established after mature deliberation to other dates, those finally who delete from the prayer books approved for public use the sacred texts of the Old Testament, deeming them little suited and inopportune for modern times, end quote. That was Pope Pius XII, Mediatur Day, paragraph 59, written on the 20th of November, 1947. So notice in 1947, he was already warning about doing the Mass in the vernacular. That means the tongue of the people spoken on the streets. He was already worried about people talking about transferring feast days, everything we have in the new calendar. He was already worried about the prayer books being changed. He was already worried about scary lines from the Old Testament being taken out of the liturgy. Okay, check, 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 check. All these things were done, and he warned us in an official encyclical called Mediator Day that this might happen. But I too believed this most of my life, namely that the neoconservatives and the charismatics nowadays were the real traditionalists returning to the apostolic times, but that those grumpy traditionalists, they were stuck in maybe the 17th century or the 18th century. But let's look at those first two sentences again to see what Pius XII saw coming. He writes, the church is without question a living organism, and as an organism, in respect of the sacred liturgy, she also grows, matures, develops, adapts, and accommodates herself to temporal needs and circumstances, provided only that the integrity of her doctrine be safeguarded. This notwithstanding, the temerity and daring of those who introduce novel liturgical practices or call for the revival of obsolete rites out of harmony with prevailing laws and rubrics, deserves severe reproof. Okay, so what he's saying there is that the Holy Spirit has slowly added things onto the sacraments through time. In other words, what he's saying is the Holy Spirit was just 
at work, everyone's favorite word for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was just at work in the 12th century as the early church. So why do we put the early church above the 12th century if the Holy Spirit was slowly adding these things onto the sacraments? Ah, I can hear the objection here. Ah, but Father David, you might say, then wouldn't traditionalists be just as blind in not seeing that Vatican II's changes to the sacraments were also, they were also movements of this living organism of the church that develops? Okay, and that was actually my retort to traditionalists through seminary. Again, I pictured the mass of Peter and Paul so simple. In the poverty of the early church, it certainly would have looked more like the Novus Ordo than the traditional Latin mass. Well, this is where we have to look at the second sentence from Pope Pius XII there. Quote, This notwithstanding the temerity and daring of those who introduce novel liturgical practices or call for the revival of obsolete rites out of harmony with prevailing laws and rubrics deserve severe reproof, end quote. Okay, the key there is novel. So he just said two stunning things about the development of the sacraments. First, the church is a living organism, meaning developments to the sacraments have to make sense based on the previous century, and they have to be very slow, just like how a child grows into a teenager and a teenager grows into a man. And two, Anything novel is a break from tradition, and as he said, that deserves severe reproof. In short, organic is good, novel is bad. Put that into your mind as you look at the sacraments. Organic development is good, novel breaking with the past is bad. Okay, let me give you an analogy on this. Imagine you were walking through the forest and you came across some struggling newborn animal in that forest, and it was so weak and misshapen that you were not sure if it was a rabbit or a deer, or a fox, or a bear. Imagine you take this fuzzy little creature back to your home, and you nurse it back to health, and you watch it grow, and it slowly gets stronger, and you start to notice hooves, and in later months, antlers. Okay, so now you can be sure it was a deer that you rescued. Now, it was always a deer, even when you couldn't recognize it. The deer always had the same genome, even before it had antlers, right? Of course. The antlers were a development that was organic. Now, close your kids' ears for like 15 seconds here. Sorry for this next visual, even for those who are not um, children, maybe 30 seconds here. But imagine someone came and cut the legs off of that beautiful deer, and it just appeared to be some wriggling around the ground snake, uh, still with its antlers. Yeah, I'm sorry for the visual. Well, would cutting off its legs and saying it's just a giant bow constrictor with antlers, would that work? saying it was always a bow constrictor? No, of course. Why? Because, and here's where your kids can listen again. Um, we see that God had always programmed that organism from the moment it was an embryo in the deer's uterus to be another deer. And so also we see how the slow developments of the sacraments through the ages were always God's positive will, not his permissive will. You see, his permissive will on the sacraments would only be if, say, a group of people made novel changes to the sacraments. And novel changes that are not organic based on the previous century are mutilations. I don't mean that by way of exaggeration. I really mean that this is mutilations if it's not organic. It's still a deer, but just mutilated. This is where you have to see that changes to the sacraments are authentic only if they are slow, life-giving, organic, conservative, and never changes the growth of its previous pattern. 
simply chopping off parts to say you've made it more simple, well, this is what Pope Pius XII is warning against as archaeologism, because that is not organic, but novel. And again, novel means a grotesque change or unnatural in its development. Most of you think I'm talking about the Mass, and I am, but why don't we look at another sacrament? Let's talk about the Sacrament of Confession for a minute. I want to make a point how bad idea it was to get rid of the wall, the screen between the priest and the penitent in the 1960s. Now, the people who like the charismatic movement, and I, I'm, I like charismatics, I've seen miracles in the charismatic movement, I've also seen diabolical activity, but we're not going to talk about that today. Um, charismatics say we want to get back to the early church, but do they really want to get back to the early church when you had to confess your sins in front of the entire congregation? Okay, so this was a development in the 6th century that the Irish monks brought along that it was private confession. Great. So, you know, um, probably that separating screen came about in the first millennium, certainly by the second millennium. Now, in the Middle Ages, this was to protect priests from women. Now, sadly, modern bishops see the wall as something to protect children from priests, and they're not totally wrong. For example, I have a friend who... Thankfully, now he's married with kids, but in 2002, as a young adult, he was propositioned by a Jesuit in Chicago. He reported, of course, nothing happened. Uh, he froze when he was in the confessional when he heard this uh, obscene talk, but he got out of there in time before, um, before anything happened. So a wall nowadays protects innocent people from predatory priests like that. And there are more predatory priests than there was in the Middle Ages, even though it's only about 4% today. That's obviously a lot less than what the mainstream media would have you believe, but 4% is obviously 4% too high. Anyway, all this is to say that getting rid of the confessional screen was something the hippie clergy in the 1960s thought would be more personable and more friendly. Um, but did anybody stop to think maybe it was a bad idea to think the Holy Spirit was not guiding the church through every century of slow developments on all the sacraments, including putting that separating wall, that separating screen between confessor and penitent. You see, all these slow developments were made by saints and martyrs extremely, extremely slowly. These were people living on like a couple pieces of bread a day in the unitive stage of prayer, not overnight changes made by Freemasons and hippies. That's not me being funny. Pope Pius XII said that by these two words, organic versus novel. You see, the Holy Spirit gives these things to the church through time, and it's stupid to think that the Holy Spirit was not as active in, say, the 16th century as the 2nd century. And it's equally silly to tell traditionalists to disprove a non-disprovable thesis like the early sacraments looked like what the Methodists wrote just because we happen to think that the early church was not as ornate as the medieval church. Again, let me say I do believe the new sacraments are all valid, but gutting the sacraments was bad even if under the pretext of simplicity. And this was the notion behind chopping the legs off all these rich sacraments under the reason of archaeologism, looking at the past. So once again, I return to my main thesis on all these podcasts. The traditionalists are really the apostolic Catholics because we believe the Holy Spirit guides the church in a way that is organic, not novel. Pius XII saw this odd reasoning long before Vatican II. We'll close one more time with this quote from Mediator Day in 1947. Quote, The church is without question a living organism, and as an organism in respect of the sacred liturgy, also she grows, matures, develops, adapts, and accommodates herself 
to temporal needs and circumstances provided only that the integrity of her doctrine be safeguarded. This notwithstanding, the temerity and daring of those who introduce novel liturgical practices or call for the revival of obsolete rites out of harmony with prevailing laws and rubrics deserve severe reproof. Please say an Our Father for me at Benedictio Dei Omnipotentis, Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti, Descendit Super Vos et Mani et Semper. Amen.